I'm holding in my hand some rectangular pieces of paper. I have four of them. They look like money. They look like banknotes. But they're not. They're offline cash. They have different colors on them. There's a purple one, a pink one, an orange one, a blue one. They're different denominations of milli Bitcoin. They're physical representations of a distributed, trustless currency. They're beautiful. I love them. I also can't believe that they exist. Today I talk with Tom Badley. He is the designer of these banknotes. He's an artist and designer. He's not the owner of Offline Cash, but he helped design them and helped consult to bring them forward. We had a really interesting conversation around banknotes, around what they stand for. I think if anyone talks to me, they know that I don't believe in cryptocurrency as something that is a net good for the world. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting technology. I don't know what problem it solves. Tom and I didn't get into a discussion of the value of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Many other people have had that conversation. But what we did get into a deep conversation about was what a banknote does, that this physical representation of the state of trust or trustless, what does it do and what value it has? Because while I will probably not put Bitcoin or Millie Bitcoin into these documents, holding them makes me interested in them. There's a near field chip on it. On one side, there are Greek gods and goddesses. Uh, the other side, there's different representations of power, of renewable power. There's all sorts of fancy repeating patterns. There's a foil Bitcoin icon here. There's lots of different objects and designs that you might find in traditional banknote design. All for a currency that is trying to get us off of state-backed fiat currency. While I have lots of reservations about NFTs, about crypto, about the ecosystem that it created, offline cash and the banknotes that Tom designed, I see that as the intersection of art and design and calling into question what is money, what is finance. And here's our interview with Tom Badley about how his beautiful banknotes go into the past and into the future. My name is Tom. I'm a artist and graphic designer and now published author. And I'm talking from Central Europe. The journey to actually designing banknotes was not straight. Banknotes is always something that has interested me when I was a kid. And I really forgot about them when I was in, in art college. But I remember immediately graduating in 2008, when the markets were crashing, my interest really peaked on what is money. And I started asking those questions for the first time and went down a rabbit hole. It was just this natural thing. I started making banknote designs on an amateur basis, really. And they got more and more sophisticated and more and more evolved. 
eventually I had a portfolio of this design that looked something like Bangnod design, but wasn't really based on anything technically correct, but was my amateur attempts at it. And that went on for a number of years while still doing also all sorts of other things. Eventually I had this portfolio that, that led me to being hired by the Bangnod industry. When I came out of the industry to be an artist, I started using those techniques that I'd learned in my work as an artist. That has turned into art on the one hand and design projects. The notes that you hold, I designed those as a design project. They're artistic, but they can't really be called art. They are a tool, they're a product. So there's really two aspects to what I do, two hats that I wear. There's the art side and then there's the design side. And I'm still engaged in both. Before you do a degree in art, this is in England anyway, before you go to art school, you usually do one year of prep. It's called foundation course. It's usually a one year course. And that's just so you have this portfolio that you then take to the universities to show around and get whatever interviews you can. And I remember there was a moment where you had to specialize in either the design side or the art side. And uh, all my friends were in the design side. So I was split from my, all my friends and I was stuck with the artists. I chose art because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to art school. That was the direction I just assumed was the way to go. But the people in design have a kind of practical flavor to the artists generally don't that appeals to me because all the philosophizing and stuff about art, it never really, never really sat well with me. I always thought there was a sort of inherent fraud to it. I'm not the first to say that. You know, it's not a very controversial thing to say. Many, even artists say that the art is a trick. It's a confidence trick at the end of the day. Whilst design, you're actually meant to be held to account because you're, you're designing something that must work in the real world. And so I admire the freedom of art. I admire the untetheredness of art. But at the same time, I have expectations of myself that what I do should be able to perform in the real world. And I have that expectations of artists as well, <laughs> which is why I don't really like much art. The contemporary art is a minefield of stuff which is left unaccountable. And so design has this great accountability to it because it must perform in the real world. And I like both of those, those worlds. I can't resolve those two worlds. I've tried, I've tried to be an artist or a designer but I can never really fit into either. As they have their own politics, their own ideologies, and I just, I take what I want from both, and that's how I'm living my life, running my business. Do I feel like an outsider? Yeah, yeah. The world of digital art that has taken off in, in recent years, that really didn't make me feel like an outsider. That made me feel like I'm in the center of something because I was quite early. I was 2019, I was tokenizing stuff from the blockchain. No matter what happens, if it's on the blockchain, it's immutable. You know, I was there, almost the ground floor. And that felt really special. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, I'm not really anything to do with the art world at all. In the world of design, I'm specialist in one specific type of design, and that is the design of money. And I never applied to do a generic design job. That, I'm not taking that away from anyone who's in graphic design, but... I can't really do any other type of designs. It just doesn't interest me. Bang notes are so 
complicated and uh, involving that it just, it pulls me in and, uh, and I haven't left. All other types of design to me are quite bare, quite flat. Out of the world of design, I occupy this very small niche. It's a, a really important niche and it's an amazing niche, but it's nonetheless, it's a very small niche that not many people know about. Bang notes, are, are, they involve everything. They involve typography, linear design, pattern creation, very quite exotic means of pattern creation that don't exist in the commercial design space. If I ask the average designer to make me a pattern on in Vector and in Illustrator, then the idea is that with banknotes, they're not, they're not meant to be copied, right? So you need to have bespoke software that can create patterns that you couldn't be able to create in Illustrator involving all sorts of exotic algebra and functions. That's a big part of it. Having, creating a design that if you photocopy it, it deforms. Right? There's all the techniques of printing are committed to this one product creation of holograms, foils, hot stamping. It's all with one purpose, and that's so that it cannot be copied or it dissuades anyone from attempting to copy it. Obviously, where there's a will, there's a way. And counterfeiters will, I suppose, make a best attempt that will fool people who aren't looking very closely. So you, so it, not only does it have to be very difficult and costly to copy, but it just has to dissuade anyone from attempting to do so. There's a level of rigor to design and an artistry that can't really find anywhere else. It's a very special, it's a very special industry. The offline cash notes that you held up before I was approached to do all the artwork and really coordinate the design of the project. I was liaising with the printer in the US that eventually took on the printing of the bills. My role was all design. It wasn't just to come up with something that looked good. I consulted with the team. How we got to those designs was actually quite a few iterations. At the time, the banknote industry was making their own equivalent of that. So it, it felt like we were competing a little bit. So they had to be very distinctive and also engaging because Bitcoin people tend not to like banknotes because banknotes are the old world and Bitcoin is the new world. You mentioned the difference between trust and trustless. The technology of Bitcoin is trustless. It's called trustless because it's based on encryption, which means that you don't have to trust an intermediary like you do with the legacy financial system. Banknotes are a trusted product and we trust the central bank and we trust the governments to enforce fiat or decree that make sure that this money is worth something, right? So everything and on every level of our financial system is based on trust. The idea of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency is that it's trustless. It's based on encryption. There's no intermediary. There's no one that you have to trust. But that is the case with the technology. That is not the case with humans. Human beings work on trust. A human needs 17 touch points of anything to gain all the information that they need to arrive at a decision whether or not to trust them. We're doing this constantly in our environment, whether it's other people, brands, products, everything. And we are constantly pinging our environment to see what we can trust and what we can't. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency, they have this stumbling block where they are trustless. It's an amazing technology. 
but we need to be able to trust something. That's how we humans work. And the thing about the banknote is that it takes the visual science, the visual design, which is a science in a way of trust, and it perfects it because the banknote is the one thing in our world that we absolutely need to trust. If we can't do that, then we haven't got a financial system and everything falls apart in that sense. The banknote is really this place where this need to trust has been visually perfected. And this science that has been developed with banknote design is something that I offer to crypto because it's the thing that crypto most needs to be trusted because we work on trust. The blockchain is a brilliant answer to a mathematical and societal problem, but it absolutely, it can be used for bad. Absolutely. It can be used as a, the perfect surveillance tool and it will be. You may be prevented from entering into public buildings because you don't have certain social credit or whatever. You may rent a bike and the bike will just stop working because your account balance falls below a certain level. All this is coming for sure. And it will be on the blockchain, which means it's, it will be impossible to get away from. What private cryptocurrency has done, regardless of the criticisms of it, is that it's unleashed this idea that people can be their own bank. And that idea wouldn't have gained popularity were it not for feeling that people felt that they need to become more self-sufficient financially. And where that self-sufficiency leads to, if you extrapolate it out a hundred years, is that there are no states, there are no central banks, there is no central issuing authority for money as such, and that you will be taking your assets with you where you go. The idea of Bitcoin has given birth to this idea that you can be mobile with your money and you can have a very small footprint. Things evolve into different forms. Will Bitcoin be around in 100 years? Probably not. But it would have given birth to this idea of being your own bank, of being able to earn your money, keep your money, and take your money wherever it goes, regardless of any external authority. None of us know what that feels like today, but we will have to know what it feels like in 100 years. I'm sure, I'm certain of it. This episode of Journey with Purpose is brought to you by Expedition Works. Expedition Works is a full-service design cooperative based out of Queens, New York. You might be interested in hiring them if you need to create a more holistic user experience, or maybe you need to create new ways of collaborating and engaging with your community. Maybe you want to create new digital transformation in your organization. Either way, Expedition Works is available to help you out. Find them online at expedition.works. Whenever someone makes a prediction about the world, there is an assumption that they're talking about all people in the world. If I was a time traveler, let's say I went to 1950. People had an idea of what people would be doing in 2001 or 2023 for that matter. In 1950, everybody's going to be eating space food and everyone's going to be living in like these space houses. Everyone's going to be driving like hover cars. Well, in reality, some people don't have mobile phones. 
In reality, some people don't even want bank accounts. In reality, some people are farmers and some people are professionals. And the world is a diverse place. We all choose how we want to interact with the world. So when I make a prediction about or a prophecy about uh, 100 years time, I'm not talking about all the world. In my world, art and money go hand in hand. They interlink Bitcoin and, and Bangalore design. That's what I've been engaged in in the last few years. And uh, offline cash is just one product that has, that has come out of that. And it's probably one of the most successful products because I'm really proud of the design. It's been really well received. It's been really well received from people who wouldn't otherwise have liked them. The young generation who don't really, they're not great cash users, young people. Bitcoin people in the crypto space who don't generally like the idea of a banknote, but the fact that you've got a banknote that has this design and to be really specific about it, these aren't banknotes in the typical sense. They have a chip on the back that can be loaded with cryptocurrency. So each one is like a paper wallet. Each one is cold storage that doesn't require an intermediary. So they're a really new type of banknote. They're more like gold. They're more like a precious metal because it's a bearer instrument. A banknote traditionally, it represents nothing but debt. But if you've got a Bitcoin banknote with a chip that has cryptocurrency on it that you can verify, then it has a intrinsic value. It has more in, in common with commodity money, really. The offline cash notes are meant to be colorful, engaging, fun, but also have the gravitas of something that, that represents money in Bitcoin and something that's worth something. They're meant to portray the kind of early mystique of Bitcoin. And when Bitcoin first arrived, the first physical manifestations of it were in the form of coins. Anyone who's anyone in Bitcoin will know the Cassatius coins, which are these little gold, goldish coins that, that had a private key on them that you can, you can reveal and hold cryptocurrency in. So these coins are iconic moments in Bitcoin design in a way. So they're meant to be an accompaniment to that, but also in a way that's engaging and not, not too challenging and off-putting. So obviously the symbolism of everything that's on there is really well considered. Whenever you're presenting something on a banner, it has to be sincere. It has to be direct. It has to be the friendly face of whatever you're portraying, the currency. And these notes do that. They have all the touch points that you would expect. They are Bitcoin. They have a friendly face that communicates gravitas, that communicates something of value. And they make references to things that the Bitcoiners would also understand. So there's a lot of things going on in them, but they're essentially, they're meant to be a banknote avatar of Bitcoin. The gods and goddesses on the front, they relate to the back because the back portrays different means of energy production. The theme for the notes was also alternative energy sources that could power Bitcoin mining. So there's hydroelectric, there's wind, there's solar, there's geothermal, and they relate to the role of the gods and goddesses on the front. So there's a little bit of a story there. Bangno is all about storytelling, just like any graphic design. So there's always a story being told on a banknote. It's a great example of design that is self-reflexive. 
you don't really typically see it in, in graphic design. This self-reflexivity in design, it tends to be something you see in nature. Nature is very fractal in its composition. Banknotes have this fractal quality to them where the same motif is repeated on multiple scales. So they have this layered fractal essence to them. And it all is meant to affirm and underline the story. Well, cash is meant to be used, but these aren't typical banknotes. They are things that me are meant to have an intrinsic value. At what point do banknotes become art? When you deactivate a piece of design or a tool, it becomes art. When you take a tool out of its context and put it on a pedestal and frame it, then it becomes art. It's something I've had an opportunity to think about a lot because I straddle this line between design and art. And there is a gray area. There is definitely a gray area. But one can say for sure that when a product is deactivated, it becomes art. It has the opportunity to become art. And I write extensively about that in my book. And I actually go through the whole gamut of products and how we apply different hierarchy to things. Art and Money is, it's a weird book because so many books now are written with a specific audience in mind, a, this specific person, and all the content in the book is niche down. I haven't done that. I've written something that I've intended to be this timeless classic, this really unique outlier of a book that talks about art and money from the perspective of banknote design, which is a perspective that few people have from the perspective of someone who is an artist in the cryptocurrency space, which is even more niched, and someone who has practical experience in cryptocurrency and collectibles and banknotes and on all those things. It's an amalgam of basically all my knowledge in one book. And that makes it really peculiar and really interesting for a few people because it's just not a book that you would be able to find very easily. It's just there's knowledge in there that comes from a place that not many people have been to, which is designing money for central banks and other documents. And it's banknote design, which has allowed me to reflect on the worlds of product design, cryptocurrency, art, and the banknote is really the lens that I look at all these different things. It's given me insights into what these things are and more importantly, the future of them, you know, and where we're going with our product design. And these are big questions because the world is in flux right now, like never before. The world is absolutely in chaos. And I acknowledge that in many places in my book. The underlying theme of this book is the theme of human evolution because the conclusion that I come to in everything that I do is that art, banknotes, everything, technology reflects evolution, which is taking place in ourselves. And if the world is in chaos, then it points to an accelerated evolution that is taking place in humanity. And this is the historical context of the book. And this is what I write about, what I'm fascinated by in the book. This is what motivates me to ask questions of art and money. So it's not a simple one. It's not a simple read. <laughs> I think anyone who has an interest in current events and where we're going in the world, which is 
I know that's a, a wide net to cast. There are a lot of people worrying about where we're going as a species. I see my role as someone who offers reassurance. <laughs> reassurance comes in, in the form of noting where we are and being very pragmatic about where we are in terms of art, money, society, cryptocurrency, and not shying away from anything, just being very honest with ourselves about what we want. A lot of people are grasping for something that is stable right now. And instinctively, we are looking to our past to grab something of value. And the real takeaway from today, from this age, is that the old world is dying and it won't come back. And we have to rebuild from scratch. The sooner we face that task, then we're going to minimize the level of personal chaos we'll experience. That sounds really far, but in a small way, I hope this book offers some reassurance in the form of being very pragmatic about art and money and design and the world that we live. The banknote is something that is very rigorous, that is very technical, that is brilliantly artistic, and at the same time, completely contemporary. We're using cash now. The banknote is there as a symbol of what we desire in something that we want to be trusted. The reason why a banknote doesn't look like a building that has a stupid shape or a lazy piece of conceptual art or a, a bad commercial or billboard design. The reason why it doesn't resemble these things is because the banknote is a mirror of the brilliance we aspire to in something that we need to be trusted. So it's something that I'm hanging on as evidence that we have this brilliance to us. We have this expectation to exceptionalism that hasn't gone away. And we are a brilliant species. But the problem is, in modern times, there has been an agenda that has nixed out exceptionalism and replaced it with mediocrity and that is for one reason or another driving our cultures in the ground the point is that we're not in a new age yet we are aware that something new could be but we're not in the new age yet it is coming but the point is that when you have a culture which is dedicated to mediocrity there's nowhere it can go but down. Everything must be destroyed before we start over. Now, thats I know what I've just said and I know how crazy it sounds, but I really caution people or ask them or challenge them to say, look around and ask me what is actually sustainable. Looking around saying, look, all we've got is like ugliness and mediocrity and things that aren't sustainable. But there, there isn't yet the will to rebuild. There isn't yet the will to, to tear everything down and rebuild. So nature will help us. Dinosaurs knew all about that. Nature will give us a helping hand in this. Necessity is the mother of inventions. When there is the necessity, we will begin to take pride in our work again. We will begin to care again. A lot of Western societies, at least, are built on this, just this absence of caring, this total wastage, this sort of, I don't know what to call it, this sort of infantile lack of caring. In the, the food industry, there's so much waste. In the healthcare system, there's so much unnecessary surgery. 
in the education system, there are tired teachers and students that just don't want to be there. You know, it's all this waste and waste of potential. There isn't yet the necessity to change. So it all must be destroyed before we can actually begin to take care in our work. It's just a different world that will exist in, say, 100 years' time. But it cannot come without a little bit of chaos. <laughs> My name is Tom. I'm an artist and designer. I'm on Twitter as Currency Design, and you can find my work at tombadley.net. I recently wrote a book called Art and Money, which compiles my knowledge from the worlds of art, cryptocurrency, design, and banknote design in one book, and that will be released very shortly. So there you go. Banknotes, a beautiful object that reaches into the past and if you agree with Tom, helps wash away the future into something new. I'm not sure if I wholly agree with that thesis. I think that either because I'm getting older or because I'm either thinking I'm becoming wiser or maybe because I see some value in our history that wiping away and starting anew is oftentimes a recipe for disaster. And I think in the end, Tom might agree with me, but I love the idea of a banknote as this physical object that reaches both into the past and into the future. Even if I don't wholly believe in cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, and I believe that central governments and the nation state are important human organizations that help us live and paper over the day-to-day -day troubles. I have a big problem in the cryptocurrency world of imagining a future without a central government that is representative to the people and of the people's needs. I do not place very much trust into computer algorithms or so-called trustless systems because in the end, people make them and people are fallible. But I want to really thank Tom. I had a really amazing conversation with him. We couldn't use everything. But I think you should definitely check out his book, Art and Money. You should check out his website and some of the work he's been doing because it's beautiful. And I think it calls into question the digital physical interactions we have in our daily lives. So you can check that out at tombadley.net. It's in the show notes. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, please heart, please like, please share with your friends and your family. Journey with Purpose is an experiment in storytelling and connection and understanding and hearing people's expeditions, which are just journeys with purpose. We're going somewhere. We're exploring. That's who we are. 
You can go online to jwp.news and you can look at some of our past work. You can buy some of the zines we've created and you can see upcoming podcast episodes. So I want to thank you all. I hope you have a good day wherever you are and see you on the internets.